Oh, the fucking potato gun's awesome. Where did you get that? We made it. We no. built it. Yeah. <laughs> My 12-year-old came up to me and he says, Dad, I watched how to make a potato gun. We need to go to the uh, store and buy all this stuff. So I said, okay, let's go buy the stuff. So we bought all the stuff and uh, he even had it right down to the right glue and everything to really? put it together. Yeah. And uh, so we built it and uh, he said, uh, we have to get a, um, a sparker for the barbecue. And I said, well... We went to different stores. They didn't have it, so I ordered it online. It was the same price, and uh, installed that. And I said, I don't know. I'm kind of skeptical that this is going to work. And he says, No, you do it like this. You do it like that. And uh, so we did. And uh, he said, I'm going to grab a can of hairspray. So we did, which we <laughs> Scully doesn't use anymore. It's just so he grabbed the can of spray, and I'm like, How much do we put in? He goes, Oh, watch all of it. <laughs> No, he sprayed. He sprayed a good like thirty seconds worth into it. We, oh, we that's curved, a lot. We yeah, we put the cap on the back of it, and uh, we started with potatoes. Now we're using the uh, the apples that fall off the tree. Oh my god, they're amazing. They go farther, <laughs> and they have a bigger bang. It's, fuck you! Yeah, almost that first potato. You almost started a revolution in Quebec. Yeah, fucking the cannons are cutting their ear. Fuck, it was awesome. But I think it's Jay, loud. Well, Jay was holding the front of it, and I saw it go off, and I could see his face drop. It's like, oh my god, yeah. that was priceless. The whole bit, everything in the video was awesome. I was here fucking cracking up laughing. The fucking queen even loved it. Oh, too soon. <laughs> too soon. Did you see the picture I sent with her looking up? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I couldn't believe how many jokes came out about the Queen almost immediately after she died. What what a sin. Yeah, it was sinful. I guess some people don't like the Queen much, but we're not getting into that. No. <laughs> no. No. But that was priceless, some... though. We'll share that picture on on, on Facebook. Weekend, yeah. at Li- weekend at Lizzie's. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Somebody asked me where her crown was when she died. I said it was honor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. First episode back, and we're just already in a deep we're just yes. melt, We're just melting it. Yeah, yeah. Well, welcome back to the Video Night Podcast. We've taken a long break. This is a podcast about the movies you love from the VHS era and beyond. My name is Jerry. I'm Robin. Cousin Brucey. Cousin Brucey, thanks for showing <laughs> up. <the> cat skills. <laughs> Live. Yeah. yeah. No Kev this week. Kev is... Uh, He's still in the thick of landscaping and lawn season, so he's uh, he wrote this morning. Said, "Boys, I cannot do this until the fall." So <laughs> he's out for a bit. So I, I asked him what he was yeah. doing today. He said he was giving good hedge. <laughs> oh, Jesus! I should be on his truck. <laughs> <laughs> I give good hedge. I give good hedge. <laughs> <laughs> So Robin's at a new location. I don't know if you can hear any difference in his in his microphone or whatever, but this crazy dude built a podcast studio, smoking lounge, friggin' whiskey bar in his yard. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. When you know 
when you when you understand what the film is we're doing today you'll understand that i had to build this to be here for this uh episode today in this lounge <laughs> aka the lounge the lounge the pit master's lounge so i've i robin gave me the tour uh and it's awesome it's uh, a small structure i won't say shack it's better than a shack it's a structure in his yard and everything you said you paid for the hinges on the door for the hinges on the door. Yes. And, and everything else was free. <laughs> yeah. It cost me like 30 bucks for the whole thing. Amazing. Like when I was done, there's 430 photos on the walls of uh, movies from the twenties all the way up to the millennium. Wow. It's, it's crazy. There's a screening room section where there's a TV VCR DVD player and a fire stick full <laughs> Full Wi-Fi. There is uh, Wi-Fi extenders now. Yeah, uh, a couple of creepy dolls in here. Uh, there's a uh, punching bag on, attached to the roof. There's uh, there's all kinds of stuff here. There's you know a radio. There's uh, 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 the the classic uh, leg lamp. Yeah, um, you got the Christmas story leg lamp. <laughs> and for the winter, I have a fire table, which will keep it nice and uh, hot in here. Yeah, that's awesome. Propane, right? You're gonna you're not gonna blow yourself up, are you? No, no, no. I okay, got uh, I got a ventilation system, okay. as well as I have a whole mini bar over in the corner with a bookshelf. So we're good. <laughs> nice. So if you hear the odd crow or lawnmower or something, it's because Robin's out in his yard. <laughs> so the that's question right. is: the question is, is there enough room for all four of us? For oh episode yeah. One, for oh episode yeah. One hundred. It's uh, nine feet by eleven feet. Excellent. There you yeah. go. Enough room. There's enough room to do a lot of uh, dirty dancing. Oh, no. <laughs> as long as there's lots of corners. There's four. Four <laughs> corners. So that is uh, the segue to our topic for this week. Uh, so this was brought to us over the summer. We had some friends visiting from Florida. And... Um, it was our really good friend Magalie, who is a, an avid listener to the podcast, one of our tens of listeners. And she, we were sitting out in the backyard, and she was still, we were talking about the podcast and stuff. She said, "You know what you should do? You should do dirty dancing." And I said, "I've never seen it." And I'm like, "Oh my god, we got it!" Robin's dirty jaw hit the <laughs> hit the floor, and Magalie's jaw hit the floor, and yeah, I I'd gone. When did this come out? Eighty seven. Eighty seven. Right. So up until two weeks ago, I have avoided this movie. Purposefully, I'd say. Uh, well, that's because you watched Rambo and Friday the 13th from 87 till now. Well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sure did. Uh, so 87, I would have been 14. Ah. And I had no inclination to go to a movie theater to see this movie at all like why would as, as a four now went okay let's let's back up huh. so i had never seen it until two weeks ago so when was the first time do you remember seeing this movie myself came out. Yeah. 1987 so you yeah. saw it in 87 you were first in line <laughs> no no i wasn't first in line 17 year old robin lapine just <laughs> chopping at the bit popcorn in hand Okay, I would, there, first of all, 
it wasn't popcorn in my hand and it was a date. <laughs> I don't want to know what was in your hand then. <laughs> anyway, I went, changed my life. I've seen this movie 27 times. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Okay, good. Good. So we've got uh, new fresh eyes on my end. Robin is a scholar in Dirty Dancing. Rob, what was your experience with this movie? I was called a uh, preteen VCR viewing at home, probably solo. Really? Ah. Yeah, we'll just leave. We'll we'll just bookend it right there. So a Jennifer Grey fan, <laughs> <laughs> through and through. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mais you a femme. <laughs> he watched he he watched Dirty Dancing when the Sears catalog was not available. No, well, probably was probably was my date. <laughs> <laughs> So you toddled off to your local video store, and yep. you would have had a VCR by this time. You would oh, have yeah. had to rent one, right? Okay. Nope. And so you, you you go past, you know, house, and they live, and all these crazy cool uh, video VCR uh, box covers and stuff, and your eyes land on Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey on a white cover in a tender embrace and dirty dancing. Well, I mean, this was the time where a a trip to the the local video store, they probably had one copy, and it was always you'd go for the new releases, right? So when it came out, it's let's rent it, let's watch it, and uh, that was the thing. Okay. Um, I don't think I've seen it for probably, I want to see another six to eight years, which that's post-preteen. Right. Now you're getting into the Robin scenario of you know having actual physical accompaniment to watch the movie <laughs> which changed the game altogether that's right okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that might speak a lot to my teen experience i guess because i i never dated anyone in high school at all i was no. just a nerd <laughs> hanging out with the boys and playing baseball and guitar and really i had lots of girlfriends but no girlfriends you know what I mean? Yeah. So well, your hands were always on a base, right? Well, <laughs> <at> least, <laughs> yeah. So I, I just, I yeah, I guess I didn't have that that motivator, I guess, to go and watch this movie with anybody else. Uh, and I actually made that comment as I was watching my my wife and I came and I watched it last week or two weeks ago, sorry. And when it was over, I kind of said. Has there any male, you know, heterosexual male, and I'm not alienating anybody here, don't take that the wrong way. Has any heterosexual male ever watched this movie by themselves? Yeah, I have. And then then Robin pipes up, sure have. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I have. (laughs) I have. So maybe that's, I don't know. I'm (laughs) I'm comfortable enough to say, you know what, Patrick Swayze's arms and shoulders should have won an Oscar. Well, the movie did quite well. I don't think it won any awards, though, right? No. Or did it? I don't know. No. But for it, music, yeah, for music it did. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. uh, it actually had a cassette tape that came out as their soundtrack, and then they put out a second part two cassette tape. That's how many songs were popular at the time. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, two. I remember going to Woolworths. Woolworths? Woolworths. Yeah, Woolworths at the time and waiting 
for the second uh, edition of the tape to come out. I, I, I remember. I, I remember to this day walking up those stairs and getting that, making sure, you know, I'm getting that. I don't care if I have to, you know, stay there all night. I'm getting that second tape. <laughs> so this way, I, I don't know. This, I mean, we could have had a full segment just on, you know, if you want to talk about the soundtrack. The music. The music was absolutely fantastic for that era, the early yeah. 60s, 62, 63. Okay, so I have thoughts on that. And we'll get to that in a bit, but I do have thoughts, and I do agree, but I don't agree in some other places. So I, I think I yes, I think you and I are on the same page there. Okay. Here. <laughs> yes. So back to the second I kinda, tape. <laughs> I was kind of choked when I watched it the other night for the first time in a very long okay. time, with the only purpose of watching this film for a discussion this morning, and yep. I'm like, mother. Okay, <laughs> there we go. Okay. So back to this cassette, Robin, this part two, Mm -hmm. did it have any songs that were actually in the movie or was it inspired? No, no, they were all in No, no, they were all in the movie. Oh, okay. So the first tape didn't have enough time to hold. No, okay. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Fair. The Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Um, Yeah, I don't know if I can look it up, but I'll, I'll get back to you on that. But I've got, I've, I uh, did it. I already looked it up. I have it right in front. Oh, of, me. of course you did. Of course you so, did. Yeah. So it's it does have a bunch of like fifties and sixties hits and stuff like "Be My yeah, Baby" by the Ronettes and yeah, you know that sort of thing. Overload by Zappa Costa. Well, okay. Hungry yeah. Eyes by Eric Carmen. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, that's 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 exactly where I'm going with it too. Exactly. Okay, come I'm on. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? Okay, it's it's your your typical '80s cliche movie, but you know, once you add the dancing and that music, bam! <laughs> magic, Jer. I think it made, you know it, it just, made magic. Let's just, Jer, go because I'm probably going to be aligned 100 okay. with you on what you're going to say. I think we just go there now. Let's okay, just, we'll do it right now. Yes, yes. My problem with the soundtrack is this movie takes place in the summer of 1963. Yeah. 1963. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Be My Baby by the Ronettes, uh, cool. Big Girls Don't Cry, Frankie Valley awesome. and the Four Seasons, On Board. Perfect. Do You Love Me uh, by the Contours. Excellent. Got, got it. Yeah. And then Hungry Eyes by Eric Carmen comes in, which is Dude. the most 80s song in the history know, of 80s songs. Okay. It, it's totally anachronistic. It yes. doesn't fit with the t- with the time. It fits with the time of when the movie was was put out, obviously. Yeah. Yes. But you but know it what? It took me out of the story that it I took heard. you out of the story because you're you are a audiophile? Is that Maybe. what you call yourself? Possibly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It took you out of the story because there's so many contradictions with what's going on with the with the soundtrack versus the movie. I get it, right? But at the same time, you know what I mean. You just got to be in the moment. You got to okay. you got to look at what's going on with the story and yeah. just go from there. Let the music pull you in. You know what I mean? Right. I tried. I tried to. <laughs> I know, but you're you're focusing too much on the story and not enough on the characters and the plot and everything oh, that's was, going on. Seriously, okay. I went in. I went into this with. When I put this movie on last week for the first time in a very long time, it's just, I was the same with Jerry. I'm like, oh, really? This is killing me right now. And I, <laughs> again, it, it, multiple times throughout the show, 
That's exactly my thought process at that point, Jer. I totally went off on another tangent, another plane, thinking about, is there any way that I can make myself think that this fits here? Right. Is there any way that this could plausibly fit here anyway? And I'm, I'm literally thinking, like, is there anything else during that time that sounds like mm-hmm. this? I'm like, yeah, no, no. Because I'll, like, and again, so here, here's the here's the hard part. So all I can picture was a sad looking Eric Carmen sitting in the window thinking about his love interest from a video from the 1980s. Right. right? I don't remember the video. Puppy dog, Eric Carmen, check it out. Don't seriously. I, I, I did too. Yeah. You know, it's like pause Google. Oh, look at old Eric Carroll. He's so sad. <laughs> He's so sad. Yeah. She starved. Right. It's like, <laughs> and but anyway, yeah, sorry. I was yeah. kind of perturbed there, but I slowly let it go. And then, yeah, no, that was exactly it. And I'm not even going to shit on "She's Like the Wind," um, the Patrick Swayze <laughs> song. Okay, that's not my problem with it. It's it. That song is fine. I it's not for me, but if you love it, great. Uh, it's it's no worse than "Hungry Eyes." It's no worse worse than "Overload" and all that. No. It's it's just my hang up of hearing that. Okay. Um, you know, it'd be like watching. So I let me not, ask you this. I don't know. What did your yes. wife think of it? She loves it. She yeah, loves every exactly. minute of it. Yeah, of course. Do you, do, you, do you think that when they put out this movie? Yeah. Do you think the first thing they thought of was, well, you know, uh, people are going to hate it because we didn't get the music right. No, I think they wanted to attract a certain type of people. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like in 1987, every young girl wanted to be Jennifer Grey. Right. They didn't think about, oh my God, you know, they have a song in there from the 80s and it didn't fit 1960, whatever. Yeah. They thought, oh my God, I'm in love. Right. And, and that's why it worked. And it's quite possible that if they didn't make those choices with the soundtrack, that the movie may not have resonated as well with that's right with teenage girls at that, the time right so that goes back to our soundtrack listen to that episode listeners um, exactly we do mention soundtrack the soundtrack. of our lives is that maybe it changes but the overall the film if you take those pieces out that i'm kind of irked with the the film still holds though all these years Doesn't... later i think so <laughs> okay but um the end song I've had a time in my life. Yeah. Yep. It, it, it was the only one of the big three that could have plausibly been around at that time. Right. And it only because of Bill. Only, it is only because of Bill Medley. Right. And his vocals. Yeah. 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 And I, so skipping to the end though, like you said, I must say that end with that song, if you were in a theater seeing that movie, you would have come out of that movie pretty pumped up. Like yeah, it was, a, it was a good ending. It was a very uplifting, <laughs> literally and figuratively, <laughs> um, ending to to that movie. But if it hadn't ended quite like that, uh, I uh, there's a lot about this movie that is not good. Yeah, yeah, but you can yeah. go to you can go to any bar and ask any woman over forty, right. Anything about any movie, and I can guarantee you she's going to love Dirty Dancing. There's no question. There's no question about it. No. Because, yeah. you know, 
she was there watching that when she was 17 and she's still looking for that Patrick Swayze at the bar. Yep. Yep. It's eh. okay. So it lives it's... on. It lives within you. I'm a guy and I, I, <laughs> I will watch that movie anytime, any day. And I love it. Great. I don't know why. I don't know and what I'll... it is about it. Maybe it's the movie making. It's nothing cinematic, but at the no. same time, it's just, there's something about it. Okay. It just captivates you. It, 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 it pulls you in to each character. Overall, the soundtrack, the other tunes from that era mm-hmm. fit perfectly. Yeah. The Agreed. placement of Hungry Eyes and She Liked the Wind kind of killed the momentum for me watching the movie, but I got past it because I'm almost 50 and I first seen this when I was 12. So looking at it through the eyes of a 12 year old versus an almost 50 year old. Well, you know, obviously there's going to be a little bit more bias. Now, Dirty Dancing has probably stood the test of time with regards to cultural references, a cultural icon. You know, it's, I think it's actually been selected for preservation in Congress too, right? So oh, really? there's a, a lot of things that come along aside from just the soundtrack. But yeah, Jir, I'm totally with you on the whole soundtrack piece. That wasn't my only foible or my only concern no 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 it wasn't my only downside to this movie um well i know from hearing from uh my wife and talking with you she said you had a problem with the classic corner scene (laughs) okay yes i did um so do you want to go through the do you want to go through the, the broad strokes of this movie if sure. anybody who's listening who hasn't seen it like me because i honestly had no idea what this movie was about really I knew it was about i honestly yeah. i knew it was about jennifer gray and patrick swayze and they danced dirtily and i don't know i didn't know anything about i didn't even know it was taking place in the 60s i really didn't know anything about this movie before i watched it so i find that absolutely st- Stunning. Isn't that, yeah, yeah, isn't that something? Like, I've lived in a dirty dancing bubble for this many years. Yep. So. John Travolta of Dirty Dancing. Bubble Boy. (laughs) I don't watch much of John Travolta movies, do I? No. Pulp Fiction is still unseen by me. (laughs) That's a mic drop right there. Anyway. I know. (laughs) Okay. Back so, to Dirty Dancing. Okay, back to Dirty Dancing. Okay, so this came, came out in August of 87. And uh, overall, it took in 486 million bucks at box yeah. office. Now, Wikipedia says 200 and something. I thought that was low. So with the Rotten Tomatoes, and I kind of trust those guys a bit more, I think. So 486 million, 71% on Rotten Tomatoes, but a 90% with the audience. So that's massive, right? Um, just going through some of the the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, I could see even some of the positive reviews were kind of like backhanded. <laughs> they were kind of saying, you know, yes, this is, you know, every 14-year-old's romantic dream, everyone would be Jennifer Grey. Watch it through, if you, but if you hadn't watched it through the 80s rose-colored glass tint, it's a lot of hogwash. <laughs> I think that's probably where I'm coming from. I didn't watch mm-hmm. it back in the 80s when it was, 
you know, I don't know. It's people were, we were different back yeah, in we the eighties. You know, yeah. it was a simpler time. So, <laughs> not having that that nostalgic uh, thing to within me to watch this movie, I could see it for what kind of what it was now. And all I saw, not all I saw, I didn't. I can't say I hated it. Honest to God, I can't say I hated it. I won't watch it again. That's for sure. Purposely. But obviously, um, the I guess the biggest problems I had with I already mentioned the soundtracks, but it was it was the performances were very melodramatic to me. Mm. It was almost uh, the the facial even right down to the facial expressions. It was very overacted. Like everything was so <laughs> dire, or so I don't know. It, some things made me laugh out loud. Like uh, some reactions that they had, and and I don't know. It just seemed very, very melodramatic to me. Um, anyway, we'll get so summer nineteen sixty three. Uh, Francis, who's played uh, also known as Baby, played by Jennifer Grey, is vacationing with her parents at uh, Kellerman's, which I had no idea where. Did, did they say in the movie where it was? It was in the Catskills. In the Catskills, but did, did they mention that? Because I yeah. missed it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair yeah. enough. It's mentioned uh, right in the uh, on the back of the the back of the VHS carton. <laughs> like I would have seen that. <laughs> I'm saying it because I do own it. On yes, VHS. I'm sure. You, yeah. The only thing I knew about the Catskills when this movie came out was that that's where Mike Tyson was from. Oh. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Really? That's where he was built out of Catskills, New York. Oh where he yeah. Trained. Okay, so this this Kellerman's own Kellerman's resort is owned by Max, who um, he I can't say he's a he's kind of a bad guy, kind of he's, he's a bit greasy, I guess. Yeah. Um, so he instructs like the waiters and stuff to romance the guests' daughters, and one thing that struck me was like he said, "No matter how attract unattractive." So, yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Dickhead. So. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, so baby, um, sees Johnny. Oh like, yeah. With the sunglasses on and he's all, he, and he's a dance instructor, right? So he's ripped shit and he's got sunglasses on. So baby is like, I don't know how much younger is she supposed to be than him? And look, she looked a lot younger. <laughs> so when I said, the, so when I said the film held up like today, yeah. cinematically movie plot, all that stuff. Yeah. It was uh, definitely a generational thing. Isn't yeah. she like sixteen? And he's like she's 24? seventeen in the yeah she's seventeen in the movie. He was twenty five. He right. looks forty. <laughs> like, yeah. well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you had been through fighting Russians and defending, you know, you'd look like that too, right? Yeah, <laughs> growing up in greaser fifties, greaser gangs. And, exactly. Yeah, right. you look like that too. But so yeah, he, so there's like a massive age difference there, and if that happened today. Mm. Yeah, holy well, shit! That's, yeah, yeah, he'd be. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, but again, given the time, early '60s when the film came out, I guess it was culturally acceptable that yeah people got past the whole age thing. But if that happened today, yeah, it's funny. Um, one of our friends posted up on Facebook a meme. Just in passing, it seems it's weird how we talk about stuff in Facebook. I don't know. Everything's listening to us. I think we're being yeah. surveilled. Um, she posted up a meme, said, Dirty Dancing is a different movie when you watch it as a parent. 
Baby's dad was not unreasonable. (laughs) She was 18 and sneaking around the cat skills with a dance instructor who has anger issues and looks like he's at least 40. So that's where I got 40 from. And yes, yeah, but, you should be put in a corner. It's called timeout, you brat. Yes, absolutely. No. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny and poignant at the same time discussing uh, this movie. So, um, so Baby is walking out at night uh, at one point, and she sees uh, the dance instructors going up to this other cabin or house or whatever. She's interested in what's going on up there. And she runs into Billy, who's Johnny's cousin. Right? Yeah. I'm getting that right? Okay. Mm -hmm. And he's carrying an ungodly amount of watermelons, which I laughed at. (laughs) Full of liquor. Yeah. Yeah. But he's got three, you know, seeded, not seedless, because seedless are round and kind of smaller. These are the full, elongated, seeded watermelons. And he's got three of these things. They must weigh about... 30 pounds each and uh, he's going to this secret dirty dancing party. So he gives baby a, a watermelon <laughs> and up she goes. So she's obviously attracted to Johnny who's dancing with uh, Penny, I guess that's her name, right? Penny mm-hmm. or dirtily. And she briefly dances awkwardly with him uh, there. So as we move along, baby learns that um, Johnny's dance partner, Penny is pregnant by Robbie. And so, when Robbie refuses to help Penny, uh, baby asks her father to borrow money uh, without explaining why, but it's to pay for Penny's abortion. Uh, and then she volunteers to stand in for Penny for dancing. So I guess this was a big, that would be a big topic back in 87. Hey, like um, you got this light, lighthearted kind of romance novel movie and you throw in an abortion plot twist or plot it became a, uh, a when i did some reading on the film after it's uh, apparently it was a big sticking point with a lot of the producers people didn't want to have it in there they tried to get it removed and the uh the screenwriter and the producers said no we're leaving it in there it was wow. uh, it's a really touchy point back then back in 87 well i read somewhere that eleanor bergstein or bergstein who wrote yep. the movie um that the movie was kind of semi-autobiographical so i don't know if this is something she had uh experienced or if it was total fiction and that she just went to the catskills and danced yeah <laughs> with her, she did with her the, she based she based it on her own life okay yeah now so, here's a question yeah. for you though mm-hmm. um <clears throat> more for maybe robin is that we're watching the movie uh, and the housemans come in and i thought at some point they said it's like three weeks left to the season yeah. So one would assume that it's the summer season at this vacation spot. Yeah. Now, I was kind of confused, I, and I don't want to go back and watch it again, but when they're introducing all the waiters and then the dance crew come in, there's some, you know, some verbal jousting back and forth about who they are and what their roles are and all this stuff. It seemed like it was they were new-ish to each other. So I was, I was trying to, I, in my own mind, I'm trying to come up with, Okay, how long have they actually been there? And if she was pregnant, how long did this happen? How long did it transpire? Kind of that sort of piece of the plot for me when I'm watching the movie. It just I drifted away trying to figure out time frames because like I don't think like how long ago I don't think I I don't think I ran into that problem at all. It's just you're so captivated by 
oh my God, she, she found somebody and we want to see where this goes. And it's so secretive to her parents and everybody else. Right. You don't even think about like, well, Jesus Christ, like these, these three guys, they're all new to each other, but yet it's the last three weeks of this, this, the thing that you think they would be working together for the last two months. Right. Well, I was just more of a tying, but how long did she find her that she was, that she was knocked out? Oh, I don't know. I right. have no idea. Like if they were only there it's for a few weeks. Look at that. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> <laughs> there, there's there's analyzing a film and then there's analyzing a film, right? Well, well that's a plot hole. That's that's, that's if it's I know. You, that's, yes, it's true, thank though. you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Anyway, I suspended the, my belief for the rest of it. And I went with it, but yes. Okay. All right. Good. Like it's easy to write it off as fluff on the surface, but. I don't know. You got to look at it at the, you know, the yeah. whole, I don't know, the passion and the, the what was that going whole, on. That yeah, whole piece of the plot was very crucial to the rest of the movie. It True. drove the rest of the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and I guess it's kind of poignant these days, too, with the the whole, you know, uh, Roe versus Wade yep. um, thing in the States. And, yeah, so it's a very, yeah. you know, topical um uh topic i guess so they, they broached it enough just to have it in there i think that that at some point they you know it yeah, happened and then they got past and then they moved on yeah. but it's there enough to know that it created probably a lot of questions in people at the time and mm-hmm. maybe got them to really think about it right. which i think is you know the whole point of watching the movie well it kind of made it kind of made johnny the bad boy right because the father did think it was it was uh Johnny that got Penny pregnant. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where they were going with it, right? The cringe, yeah, the cringeworthy moment about that whole thing is when they come back and the guy goes, "He had a fold-up table and a dirty knife." I'm like, "Holy!" <laughs> well, wait, Mike Tyson was from there, so <laughs> you know, hard living in the Catskills. You know, I was going to say, but yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, I uh, after I got past the whole timing thing of it, I was uh, I was good to go. You're back in. I was back in. Real me right. back in. Yes. <laughs> so baby starts dancing with Johnny to fill in for Penny, and they kind of develop a mutual attraction, and and they try to do this one move where uh, he's supposed to lift her up in like a big fly, <laughs> like flying baby move, and, and it didn't work. But they danced okay uh, the first time they went out. So, but uh, yeah, so back to the, the abortion thing. So Penny's abortion was uh, botched, uh, like I said, dirty table or folding table, dirty knife type thing. Yuck. And uh, baby, I guess her father to stabilize Penny. But then Dr. Hausman thinks that Johnny got her pregnant and orders baby to stay away from them uh, from the wall. So that uh, that doesn't happen. Baby sneaks off and uh to apologize and all that stuff. And Johnny, it's Johnny's, it's Patrick Swayze's performance of, um, I don't know, feeling he deserves it and stuff for his lower status and all this. It's just, it's the way, I don't know, the way he acted that it was really, I don't know. The only word that comes to mind is overacted or, or melodramatic. Yeah. It just seemed like really, really, I would have bought it in more if, if it wasn't so schmaltzy and, and but you know what, you know, nobody really cared because every woman wanted Johnny to teach her to dance. It's true. It's true. A lot of stuff gets overlooked. Nobody ever of... looked at Johnny and went, 
fuck, he's overreacting. He's, you know, he's such an asshole because, you know, like, he's walking around there like he fucking owns a place. No. They were like, oh, my God. I want to be just like Jennifer. I want to be held. I want to be fucking, you know, picked up. Lifted up by my pelvis. Lifted up up on my pelvis in the middle of a lake and fall down and fucking have his big arms fucking pull me up from the bottom of the lake. Now, I must say, some of the dancing stuff was cute. Um, The the lessons and stuff. And she's... And raw. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, when she's like these running his fingers down her side and she la- yeah. like she's getting tickled and stuff that was cute yeah, yeah that was, it was cute and the stuff in the in the lake was 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 fine so interestingly enough jer about that scene um when she she was actually ticklish mm-hmm. and when he was doing that um i can't remember where i read it but uh he was getting choked at oh, her yeah. laughing and but they kept the scene because <clears throat> the uh, that was one where Johnny wasn't acting; he was legitimately pissed off. Well, Patrick that's Swayze probably was, why it worked for me because it got it, it was more of a genuine reaction. Everything else seems so ridiculous in, in their reactions that this seemed like a genuine human reaction. <laughs> I said I followed up with your whole you know shit yeah. don't look real with this was actually real, right. and then there was one other scene where. They were learning to dance and they were crawling on the floor. Again, another scene where they were doing it as a bit of a joke wasn't in the script, but they kept it because of the actual genuine shit looked real. Okay. I remember that now. Yes. Yeah. That was, uh, what was that song? I don't know. Neutron dance or something. No, it was, uh, maybe get into my car. No, (laughs) Billy Ocean. Billy Ocean. (laughs) It wasn't Billy Ocean. Let me beat the glass out of my car. Beep, beep. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Some Herbie Hancock or something. I don't know. Anyway, I'm sure it didn't fit the time. Maybe it did. I don't know. Maybe it was one of the ones that were. (laughs) I'd say I'd go back and watch it, but I'm not going to. So where are we? Okay. So abortion was botched. Uh, and again, I didn't think Dr. I didn't think Jerry Orbach. I thought Jerry Orbach was really good in this movie. Actually. I thought his, he was, he could have been, uh, the heavy, you know, the dad, the heavy, yeah, he could have been, but he wasn't, I didn't feel he was. So he, I think I thought his reactions were quite like the meme said, I thought it was quite reasonable. What he was. Yeah. Now, no, I maybe. No, I think yeah, I think you know, I agree, Jer. But he wasn't Jerry. unreasonably over the top. No, he wasn't. No, you know, heavy. The scene for me where he's sitting on the uh, on the edge of the, uh, I guess, the dock, and he's got his feet up on the chair. There's not yeah. much dialogue there. Those pieces of where he would come in and do the acting, it was almost glue of yeah. bringing everything together. Right? They needed it. Yeah. I guess Jared to use a heavy hitter. They needed a heavy hitter as an actor. Oh, guaranteed. Oh, right. for sure. Because some of the other stuff, like the uh, the dude as Kellerman, kind of over the top as the the rich sort of entitled guy, yeah. um, the young fella Kellerman, um, kind of that little nerd. He was a little bit over the top too. Yeah. But uh, old Jerry, yeah, that was uh, that was Law and Order esque. Oh, Lenny <laughs> Briscoe. Yeah. The Lenny, the Lenny Briscoe. Couldn't I couldn't talk about Jerry without. Talking about Law and Order. No, there you go. Got to. Yeah. Uh, so, 
so there's this cougar, <laughs> Vivian, <laughs> who uh, sleeps around with everybody there while her husband plays cards. And she's got a soft spot for Johnny, trying to get him in the bunk. And she sees Baby leaving Johnny's cabin because Baby's sneaking around. Yeah. And she feels a bit spurned and attempts revenge on Johnny by claiming that he stole her husband's wallet. Yeah. And that was kind of the impetus for uh, Max to fire Johnny. Uh, but Baby backs him up and all that stuff and revealing that Johnny was Because he was, was with, with me in the room. <laughs> he was with me in the room. I know Johnny didn't do it. He was with me in the room. I'm uh, not whole anymore. Yeah. You, you just did that scene better. <laughs> I did, right? I actually had a, I had a tear coming down my eye because I just poked myself in the eye when I leaned toward the microphone. <laughs> so uh, it did, did be revealed that these Sydney and Sylvia Schumacher, this old couple, actually stole were, the wallet. Yeah. Um, but Johnny is still fired for mixing up with Baby, I guess. And. Uh, and this is what the, I guess is the the whole she's like the wind. <laughs> See, can we go back to can we go back to yes. old Viv, Viv for a second? Oh, though? absolutely, yes. Like, come on, what uh, what young fellow watching this movie, whether it's early preteen, teens, post teens, university, what's like, man? I need a job where there's a Viv. Yeah, right. I got to learn to dance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Again. It could have been one of those things where a lot of dudes learn how to dance, but I'm like, way to go, Viv. I'm like, Johnny, start hiking over, grab that car key. Let's go, buddy. Get over there. Poor Viv. <laughs> Missing out on Viv action. Robbie, old Robbie Gould, though, he, uh, he kicked one right through the uprights there. <laughs> sure did. Yeah, yeah that's shout out to the uh, NFL listeners because the character Robbie Gould is actually a kicker for the San Francisco 49ers. Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I, I had to give a shout out to Viv. I was I was really impressed. She was uh she was very dogged. Um, <laughs> that's a good word for her, yeah. Yes, very very dogged. Um you can see why she would be in that situation though, because I mean, even at the scene where her husband's sitting at the table, all he wants to do is play cards. Um, right. Viv has needs. Right, yeah. So Viv was going to go find out where needs would have been met, and just so happened there were uh, more than enough takers at Old Kellerman's, yeah. Which uh, you know doubled as a whorehouse, <laughs> essentially. Essentially. So anyway, I just want to give a shout out to Viv. I thought Viv was very important to the plot as well. Robin, would you, you agree? Yeah, Viv. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I guess the whole movie is building up to this end of the season talent show that they've been talking about the whole time and i I did want to mention baby's sister uh lisa yeah is that her name her older sister she was gold i i thought she was really good she was Um, awesome just yeah like she was i guess she was the she didn't really have a whole lot to do but she was kind of the comic relief every now and again to break up the melodrama um just horribly untalented and (laughs) got up and did this I don't even remember what her what her bit was, but it was funny. Was it something Egyptian? No, it was let's talk dirty in Hawaiian. Nah, 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 who oh, Hawaiian. Yeah, yeah. Something like that, right? <laughs> hey, come on, I want to lay or something. That's right. <laughs> so that was, yeah, she was funny. 
So at the talent show, Dr. Hausman is talking to Robbie and he's going to recommend him for medical school. But then Robbie admits that it was him that got Penny pregnant and not Johnny. So Dr. Hausman says, fuck you and grabs the letter back. Uh, you're not going to medical school, you dickhead. Yeah. And Johnny arrives and disrupts like the final song. So he, he sidles up to the to the table and says the the line, the, the quote from the movie. Nobody puts baby. Is it nobody or no one? Nobody puts baby in the corner. Nobody. So it's not no one. It's nobody. Nobody puts baby in a corner. So at this point of the movie, I like I was waiting, not waiting the whole movie, but I was wondering when this quote was going to show up in my mind's eye. Nobody puts baby in a corner said by Patrick Swayze. I thought baby was in grave danger in my mind's eye, in my theater of the mind. I thought there were some thugs with switchblades and greased back hair, and they were impending doom and, you know, descending upon baby who's in a corner and she's cowering. And this is all going on in my head, right? Grave danger. Patrick Swayze bursts in through the door and beats the shit out of all these greasers and stuff. And nobody puts baby. Yeah, but it's not Roadhouse. Well, that's what I was thinking, right? I'd seen Roadhouse. Roadhouse is a much better film. Um, I agree. But he walks into the talent show and goes up to Jerry Orbach and says, nobody puts baby in a corner and they go dance. And I looked at Kim, my wife, and I said, is that the context of that line? <laughs> she said, yes. Yeah, said, oh, it. my God. <sighs> yeah, Talk about like popping that, the balloon, man. No, it was awesome. Was it? It was. Jer- okay, Daryl was, ex- because- Daryl was expecting, Daryl, Daryl was okay, expecting will- Daryl Curtis to go in and rescue Pony Boy Curtis, and when he got with uh- Pony Curtis, <laughs> yes, I was, and I but I didn't get it, and I was disappointed. <laughs> Wolverines, Wolverines, man. <laughs> okay, hang on. Okay, hang on, hang on. Hey, hang on. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Oh, I know what it is. Hang on. Give me, give me, give me one sec, boys. You ready? Now you're feeling the full effects for all of our listeners. This listen, is the lounge. Listen, listen. Go ahead. I got it. Nobody puts baby in the corner. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get the. Okay, go ahead. He even mumbles the line. Nobody, nobody puts baby in the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Do it again. Nobody puts baby in a corner. No? Corner. Corner. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah, oh, yeah, we heard it. <laughs> I didn't hear it. No? Yeah, we could hear it. Sound a little bit like this. Nobody puts baby in a corner. <laughs> okay. So we're good. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe the corner. <laughs> okay, I think so the, uh, the stunned look on, on Orbach's face said it all. Is, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody puts baby in the He was that stunned. It was verbal. It was a verbal stunning. He was that stunned. They just took the baby with him. And, and... Right. But you got to think about it. He's not allowed to play the last song of the season. He's kicked out of. He's kicked out for the season everybody right. knows he's not there all of a sudden he comes into the into the uh auditorium and he's like oh johnny johnny and he comes up to her and that's the line nobody puts baby in the corner it's like 
and then everybody gets the chills like oh my god he's gonna do it with her like he's gonna take her up and do the last scene of the year and everybody's like in anticipation and yeah. it's like it, it it like friggin people are standing up in the theater and going yeah that happened except for me I would be, what the fuck yeah exactly <laughs> pony boy pony boy <laughs> Well, okay. Uh, All right. So I, think going, I do know exactly where you're going. I don't disagree. Um, it was breathtaking. It was very. It was very. It was. It was climactic. It was climactic. I think it would have made. It would have had better impact or bigger impact if Jerry Orbach's character was a bit more hated or a bit yes. more. If he was the the the. Um, yeah, you but know, his he, wife he was put, baby's keeper and baby's uh, keep, always keeping her down and being a real jerk to her all the time. And we hated Jerry Orbach. If he came in and, and and he's the reason why baby can't dance and baby's in the corner and he's, you know, being the ogre. And then Patrick Swayze comes in like, the you know, the knight on the white steed and goes, nobody puts baby in a corner. And then they go <laughs> dance. I think it would have been a lot more effective because we I at this point, I don't hate baby's dad he's not he just tore up the letter okay. from robbie he's not he's not inherently bad he's, he, did get, he did get diffused by yeah. baby's mom right, right. okay so if that eight, counts no exactly but you got to remember one thing this was produced by vestron pictures it wasn't produced by marvel oh jesus no. <laughs> you know what i mean had it been produced by marvel it would have fucking had Jerry Orbach going ballistic. Well, I don't mean, but can't you see that if we, if we, if we had a no, bit more of a disdain for that character, then yeah. but you Patrick Swayze doing that and saying that to, to baby would have been a little bit more, uh, I don't know, rescuing or a little bit more. Well, it's it follows the impactful. romantic. It, fo- it's impactful. it follows the yeah. whole romantic novel. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah, I get it. Of this whole movie. Well, that I think the scales the guy, of that. You know, yeah, the scales of that. Fabiota comes in and saves the day. Yeah. No. Yeah, I get it. But you got to remember something. Jerry Orbach's wife put him in his place several yeah, times. Yeah, but if you go if go and go through the movie though, I think there was a lot of times where the the scales of that character go up and down and up and down and up and down because at one point he's like, "No, don't do that." And then all of a sudden, it's, "Here's 250 bucks. You right. can't yeah. do that. You're not going to do this. I'll keep checking on your friend and make sure she's okay." Again, it could be the whole ethics thing being a doctor, he's got a responsibility. But yeah. at the times where he could have been a total dickhead, they yeah there was the counterbalance of him doing something positive or helping baby or, and then yeah, right. The gravity of the situation at the end could have been much more dire. Yeah. Now I know that Johnny Castle lost his summer salary and he didn't get to play, yeah. you know, I've had the time of my life, which man, shit. I don't know where he found that, but that was, I a, don't know. That was a dinger. But <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with you, Jer, but um, at the same token, here we are. So he's got her. And they're about to embark on the time of their life. Right. So he declares to her that she's made him a better person. And they they do the dance that they practiced all summer and stuff. And and then it ends with the successful performance of that lift that everyone sees on oh, the, yeah. the pictures and stuff. So Dr. Hausman admits that he was wrong about Johnny and reconciles with Baby. 
and then all the staff and everyone um, joins in dancing to I've had the time of my life at the end. And that's what I, I said earlier about the the end there with that song and everyone dancing and, and stuff. That was very uplifting. And I could see leaving the theater very on a high mm-hmm. after after that, for sure. Because no one wants to think about when baby graduates high school and Johnny comes in at 26 years old at the graduation and beats up one of her team of her classmates. <laughs> and then they go into a big fight. And then Dr. Jake Hausman goes ballistic. That would have been part two. That would have been awesome. Well, yeah. you know, you know, from 1988 and onward, every girl that ever went on vacation with her parents was looking to be a baby <laughs> for sure. And meet somebody, you know, that for sure. Yes. Yeah. I don't dance, baby, but I got a crib. Oh, you know what? They could have threw poison so Mama don't dance in here, too. Right? And the well, soundtrack. Oh, Brett Michaels is firing up. Your mama don't dance. Don't dance. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I have um I have something to admit though. And Jer, you'll you'll probably like this, Robin, not so much. So okay. um one baby sister reminded me of Judy. Oh, um, <laughs> oh! Did she? Oh, no, just <laughs> go, go back and look at her. Look at the look. She just looks manly. Just there's anyway. There's yeah. a whole bunch of other things. I'm watching this movie like a week and a half ago. I'm looking and I'm thinking this would be a great place to insert some horror elements. Yeah. Like when she's walking through the woods, they're in the water. The sister getting you know Robbie Gould just not paying attention to her and then she goes all ballistic she becomes the new judy she becomes the new sleepaway camp oh. i seriously i went there and i'm like if somebody out there has the time and the wherewithal to be able to insert other type of horror stuff inside dirty dancing you're on to something yeah yeah or that knife or the knife scene that's in uh sleepaway camp you know the knife scene from behind the shower yeah yeah <laughs> into Absolutely. the back even, even, uh, you know. Oh, I, I watched the movie. I'm like, this has all kinds of good elements for a horror movie. Oh, that whole resort would have been a great friggin' yeah, set for for a slasher movie. No. <laughs> so my mind went there. So um, it is what it is. But I was all I was all in at the end, and uh, I do think I might have to go back and watch the last bit um, because apparently Matthew Broderick is one of the. Uh, he makes a cameo in the, Yeah, I didn't the see end. that at all. I didn't, I didn't see either. No. He's in the, uh, he's in the Where did guests. he make a cameo? Because he was yeah. dating Jennifer Grey at the time. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because. Did they, did they like spark up something on Ferris Bueller? I think so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, either way, I think it would have it would have worked out for old Matt because Sarah Jessica Parker actually auditioned for the role of baby as well. Oh, really? No. She just couldn't dance, or she was I, too I tall. Guess Jennifer, was Jennifer Gray much of a dancer? Or she or she, she I don't know. After that summer, well. <laughs> yeah, Val Kilmer was offered the role of Johnny Castle. He passed on it. Yeah, Sharon Stone actually auditioned for that role as well. That would have been a little bit of a different take. Wonder how old she would have been back in '87. She would have been older than Jennifer Gray. I don't know, <clears throat> but I guarantee you, if she was in the corner, it would have been a different scene. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jared, going back to um, nobody puts baby in a corner. Um, Swayze actually hated the line. I don't blame him. Yeah. 
Apparently, he, he, he accepted it after he watched the film prior to okay. release and uh, admitted that it worked. So it stayed, but he initially hated that line. So mm. you and Swayze were yeah. on the same way. Simpatico. Yeah. Uh, I, I admit I'd heard that line for years and had no idea what movie it was from. Culturally no great. <laughs> no. no. I had no idea well, it was from Dirty Dancing. It would have been a better movie if it was Danny DeVito and Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, I just had a visual. No. I know. The lift. Oh, the picture of the lift. <laughs> who would lift who? I don't, I don't know. DeVito's going in the air, guaranteed. <laughs> You'd have to. She, <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell for fucking Johnny Castle. Although I don't think the scene works quite as well with Danny DeVito in a wet shirt in hypothermic water. <laughs> and he would need help with the watmelon. Yeah, he's, yeah. He, he would have been, be a, a, he he been the white. I carried a watermelon. He would have been the watermelon. I gotta say, I I like I like that line much better than nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> when Jennifer Grey goes, I've brought a watermelon <laughs> or something like that. I bust out laughing. That was great. There were some scenes in there where there were close ups on their facial reactions, like especially yeah. Jennifer Grey. Yeah. The like only her. thing that I got past for me was the fact that you know she was essentially a very immature mm-hmm. young woman. So yeah. the feelings and everything that would have been going through at the time, given the situation, um, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm with it. Like it, it didn't come across as cheesy initially it did, but then I thought about, you know, I had to, it was like watching a fantasy film at points. I had to, you know, really expand my horizons to accept it. But let's just say the difference between viewing it in 1987 and 2022 were totally different. Yeah. I, I, I could see that for sure. And I think it hit it hit in another precipice of just where this was going. I think in nineteen ninety seven, in the ten year anniversary, yeah. Um, Conan O'Brien drove that through all of his viewers and stuff on his show, where they actually were having write ins and petitions and whatnot and so forth. And then basically, he was essentially one of the driving forces be having the ten year re release done in nineteen ninety seven. And then yeah. of course, nineteen ninety seven, you had a whole other generation of young girls and now you've got you know um university aged women and high schoolers whatnot and so forth. a whole new generation was exposed to this film as opposed to just being available on vcr now they re-released it in theaters yeah and then probably went on another run you know on vhs oh i would say it made a ton of money on on home video and dvd and stuff like that it had to Oh, did yeah. anybody see did anybody see the Havana Nights one? I did and I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Oh yeah. I call it, it the crow, I call it the crow scenario. Where I oh. remember the crow too. Oh yeah. Killed the first one for me. Come so on. So there are some yeah. movies where I just have chosen as a point of uh respect for the original film of not watching a sequel. And that's one movie I've never seen. I probably never will. Yeah, me too. Was Swayze in that one? No. no. He didn't have a cameo or anything? No. Um, they didn't translate? Nobody puts baby in a corner in the Spanish? Or, no. no. Okay. Oh, Someone do that no. right now. <laughs> it was nobody Nobody that you know. Okay. What's baby in Spanish? Nadie pone a la baby a la esquina. 
Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you with the Google Translate. <laughs> I think I got that right. If I offended anybody, then my bad. And Johnny was uh, Diego Luna. <laughs> it was Diego Luna? Yeah. Really? He was, yeah. he was the star of that? Okay. Diego yeah. Luna? Yeah. Who's, like, uh, what's he from? Isn't he an- in Andor? That, I was just going to say, I thought he's Andor. Is he Andor? I think he I is. Think he is. Rogue One. Yes, it's him. Wow. It's Andor. Shit. I'm not going to go watch it, though. That's range, man. Yeah, I'm still not going to watch it. No, I'm still not going to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Diego was Luna a, was a soap star in He was in Elysium. Uh, in he was in what? Elysium. Elysium. Oh, okay. I think I don't know if I saw that one. With Matt Damon. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll be damned. Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights. Oh, shit. Yeah. Hey, Swayze was in it. Well, he's no, he wasn't. Anyway. Oh, because they probably did. Did they do some? Oh, they life. probably did dancing. Oh, it was a prequel reimagining of Dirty Dancing. Yeah, Swayze I liked it. We were allowed to like it. You know what? You're allowed to. Like I yes. said, I said before, oh, man, and I'll say yeah. it again. I'll never begrudge anybody for liking anything. Now the like question is: like. Is it, that movie set in 1958? Did they have like 1990s tunes? Like, did they have Nirvana blast in the background? I don't know. <laughs> Overall, though, you know what? I, I honestly, I wasn't disappointed at the uh, at the hour and a half I had to spend to watch it last week. Well, no, no, me either. It didn't drag. Um, no, it wasn't an unpleasant watch. I wasn't mad at the movie. I wasn't rolling my eyes or checking my phone or whatever. I was watching the movie objectively uh but yeah i won't watch it anymore but but again it wasn't it wasn't a slog uh, no no for sure it was light fluff <laughs> for sure the uh, listening to the old songs again going back to the whole soundtrack yeah you'll remember every scene it was one of those things where you know you're like oh that was from that oh okay yeah no i i that part i enjoyed with the exception of what we just talked about. We don't need to yeah. rehash that. Yeah. And old Jen Gray, years later, got her old snozzle all done, eh? Yep. Yeah, she did. Yep. She shouldn't have. <laughs> she like like the original beak. Oh, it's, you know, it's her. I didn't have any problem with her nose. I don't know why she'd get that done. No. Why Who I... knows? <laughs> Who knows? That's awesome. <laughs> that, uh, the, the, the one who had, um, that one, the, the actor Cynthia Rose, she, she didn't. Was, she, uh, she didn't play much. No, but it was kind of thematic, though, considering that she was in Dirty Dancing, Flashdance, Staying Alive with John Travolta. Yeah. Oh, she did like the. Yeah, yeah. Geez, did, yeah. that's almost like the big three of uh, of dance movies. Yeah. She was also in Runaway with Tom Selleck about the little robot, that oh, futuristic movie. Remember really? That one? Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Yes, man. Um. Wasn't Gene Simmons the, the villain in that movie? I believe so. I think he was. Yeah, here's a little bit of a tangent for listeners, but that yes. uh, I remember that was a. Well, when I watched it back in the day, it was awesome. I'm sure. Yeah. Now, oh, I'm that sure was directed terrible. by Michael Crichton. Really? On a movie based by Michael. There you Crichton. go, Robin. There's a credible, yeah, <laughs> a credible name for that movie to put. Might put it on your list. Yeah, Cynthia Rhodes and Tom Selleck, Curse the Alley. Gene Simmons was Luther. Yeah. So, um, 
It's too bad Kev wasn't here. But shout out to Kev. We'll have him back yeah. here soon. Yeah. And um, well, I will say, I think they should. Uh, I I think uh, another another two people. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but another two oh. people. It should have been Mickey Rourke and Anna Ramsey. <laughs> Oh my god! Dirty that would, dancing. That would have been <laughs> awesome. Like Mickey Rourke today with Ann Ramsey back in the Goonie era. The woof. Yeah, Mickey Rourke today. Have you seen him? Ann Ramsey looks much better. I was gonna say, yeah. Who's the yeah. better looking dude? Person? He looks like Ann Ramsey. Then you like could have put could, a, like a horror flip to it. You could throw him from a train right now. <laughs> That's right. But him you, and that, you know, that, Jared, did you ever see, and again, this is a very obscure reference, but the, did you ever see the time that someone put a picture of Mickey Bork and Axl Rose up on uh, NTV birthdays? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, happy happy 40th or happy 50th anniversary to, to Gert and somebody else. Geraldine. <laughs> somebody. Geraldine, yeah. <laughs> so to the, un, to the uninitiated, uh, NTV is a, a basically a CTV affiliate in Newfoundland. It's Newfoundland Television, NTV. And so the NTV Evening News comes on every night. And at the end of the show, they do birthdays and anniversaries, like shout outs type things. So people send in pictures and they'll say, you know, happy 50th anniversary to Marlene and Rex Murphy from Dildo. Um, Whatever. So somebody uh, submitted a picture of Mickey Rourke and Axl Rose together a more recent picture after after a lot of uh surgery and said happy anniversary to um i think it was max and geraldine max and geraldine bailey bailey (laughs) i just sent it to the uh i just sent it to our our chat group and you can post it on we'll post it on on facebook (laughs) and they read it out on air and oh my god it's it went viral yeah yeah that's awesome so uh, well that's that's dirty dancing um I, I like I said, I I'm I'm not sad or I'm not I don't regret watching it, but I'm I'm glad I watched it to say that I watched it. Uh, but I, I I don't have any inkling to watch it again. And if you like this movie and you love this movie and it's your favorite movie of all time, I'm very very sorry if I offended you. <laughs> hey hey hey! I loved it. Good. And you can. You're allowed. I'm gonna watch it again actually this week. You do that. You can you can spark up a pipe and. I'm gonna Kick spark back up some a whiskey pipe. and watch Dirty yep. Dancing in your shack. <clears throat> I will. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> yeah, I will. Speaking of which, what are you guys drinking today? We didn't do that today. I actually had a bottle of water. Oh, okay. That's it. No That's it. tea and honey this morning. I so I should have had some tea and honey because I went to um, a backyard party, live music <laughs> festival type thing last night. At our buddy Steve's place, a uh, beautiful, gorgeous place in here in um, a place called Manatic on, on the river there. And we had a we have a bunch of musical friends and we kind of all got together and celebrated the life of a guy, uh, Joel Lee, who passed away last year from uh, cancer. And he was um, a singer. <laughs> it's funny. Anybody who knows Joel would not would not. Uh, refer to him as a singer <laughs> but what he made uh, what he lacked in musical talent he made up for in showmanship and hospitality and friendship and uh just a zest for life so we really really miss joel but he used to put off these festivals in his yard 
in a place called Vars and he called it the Vars Lee Fest. And a lot of us got together and played shows there uh, in his backyard and a lot of bands that we've uh, friends of ours. Their first gig was at Vars Lee Fest. So very, very special time in, in our lives and stuff. And we all miss Joel very, very much. Um, so Steve put off a Vars Lee Fest in his yard last night. And uh, we didn't play. Unfortunately, we had some people away, so our band didn't play. But I got up and sang a couple songs um, with our singer, my singer, in my band, Joanne. She plays in another band. So we got up and did some stuff. And and my voice is blown out. <laughs> so if I sounded a little blown out today, that's why. Um, so I could have had some honey. But otherwise, I just got some black coffee and some water going, too. So right. kind of boring. Robin, you got what do you got going on there? You got all kinds of libations in your little... Uh, I do got a lot of libations here, but I, uh, I stuck with coffee. Uh, It was a uh, hazelnut coffee and uh, it's a little bit too early for the whiskey. Yeah, we did. We did start a little bit early and I think uh, I had requested that, but you know, my apologies for starting a little bit earlier. Oh, that's okay. Oh no, it's not early for us. It's early for you, but Rob wants to get going on, on the NFL and foosball. Well, you, maybe you (laughs) should put on dirty dancing in the background. Well, I could, I could, but uh, I really don't want to have to explain the uh, abortion. Yeah, all of those things to my eleven-year-old right now. The abortion, (laughs) right? uh, Well, buddy, we'll let you get to that. Yeah, no, no, no. I've got, uh, I've, I've got a little bit of time here, but I. All right, uh, we'll we'll wrap it up anyway. I think we've uh, we've covered all we wanted to say on dirty dancing. I think if uh, you guys any any last thoughts, are you good to go? No, I think we're good to go. All right, so that's everything. We'll uh, we'll wrap it up here. So hope you liked um, our little discussion of Dirty Dancing. And uh, you can always contact us, of course, uh, through email. You can uh, email us at videonightpod at gmail.com. You can reach us on Facebook at facebook.com slash videonightpod. And on Twitter, of course, at videonightpod as well. So if you have any show ideas or feedback on on this one, please, please, please send it along. We'd love to to hear from you. So until next week, my name is Jerry. I'm Robin. Cousin Brucey. And we've had the time of our lives. And we did. (laughs) And as always, be kind and please rewind.